As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Wait till they get a load of me. I'm Spartacus! I'm Spartacus! I'm Batman. I am the father. I am Optimus Prime. My name is Bob. James Bob. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! You shall not pass! Here's Johnny! Some men just want to watch the world burn. I'm only human, Harry! Talking movies with Brian Lataki. And here we go. Here's Brian Lataki. You can do it! Hello, friends, and welcome to Talking Movies. I'm Brian Lataki, and today we're heading to the carnival with Nightmare Alley. Now, brief as you can, what is your name? Stanton Carlisle. Are you a true medium? Yes, I am. Mr. Carla. Doctor, about that. Please lie down. Can you read minds? Yes, I can. Under the right circumstances. Keep your answers brief. What do I want? To be found out, same as everybody else. Are you in contact with the beyond? Well, we've had our share of snake charmers in the past. We deal with them. An ambitious carny with a talent for manipulating people with a few well-chosen words hooks up with a female psychiatrist who is even more dangerous than he is. Written by Kim Morgan and Guillermo del Toro and directed by Guillermo del Toro based on the novel by William Lindsay Gresham, Nightmare Alley stars Bradley Cooper as Stanton Carlyle, Kate Blanchett as Dr. Lilith Ritter, Tony Collette as Xena the Seer, Willem Dafoe as Clem Hotley, and features Richard Jenkins, Rooney Mara, Ron Perlman, and Mary Steenburgen. Now, there are directors that have tells, meaning that throughout the movie there are certain things that you can expect. For examples, with Michael Bay you can expect explosions and nonsensical action scenes. With J.J. Abrams you can expect lens flares. And with Guillermo del Toro you can expect strange creatures and incredibly dark atmospheres. And from the get-go, this movie is straight up Guillermo. It is a slow burn movie, and by slow burn I mean incredibly slow. It is 150 minutes of a neo-noir mind game filled in with glorious character building with almost every character getting their 15 minutes. All that said, this movie is certainly one that you need to be in the mood for. And even though I have a decent average of late with these types of movies, today was not one of those days. With the pacing of this movie, the acting and visuals would really need to step up. Thankfully, that's where Del Toro shines. It is a beautiful, dark movie with exceptional creatures, characters, and actors that seem to just love being a part of this film. Guillermo del Toro fans did not miss this movie, although a lot of folks may have since it was released at the same time as a small independent film called Spider-Man No Way Home. So, if the mood strikes you to put this movie on, I will tell you that you won't be disappointed. I give Nightmare Alley a B-. It's starting to warm up, so the toques are coming off. Better look good when you do, so go to the professionals and get it done right. The team at Swish Barbershop at 844 St. Mary's Road are ready to line you up and make you look your best. Walk-ins are welcome, or you can visit my barber by booking today at boybarbernick.com. I've just been handed an urgent news story. Cannonball! 
Let's get into movie news you can use, and let's start it off with a little bit of a weird story. David Fincher's Fight Club had recently began streaming on streaming service Tencent Video in China. That alone is nothing to really announce here, but the film's ending was significantly altered. The original ending of the 1999 film found Edward Norton's character killing off his alter ego, Tyler Durden, and watching his multiple buildings explode and collapsed around him. However, the new ending finds the authorities triumphing over Project Mayhem, with Tyler being sent to a lunatic asylum. The author of Fight Club, Chuck Palahniuk, responded to this on Twitter by saying, quote, Tyler and the gang were all arrested. He was tried and sentenced to a mental asylum. How amazing. I had no idea. Justice always wins. Nothing ever exploded. Fini. At the end of Fight Club in China, a caption pops up on the screen that says, quote, Through the clue provided by Tyler, the police rapidly figured out the whole plan and arrested all criminals, successfully preventing the bomb from exploding. After the trial, Tyler was sent to a lunatic asylum receiving psychological treatment. <laughs> Finish him. In upcoming projects, Mortal Kombat 2 has officially been confirmed by New Line. The studio has hired Jeremy Slater to pen the sequel, who acted as the lead writer on Marvel's Moon Knight series that'll star Oscar Isaac. The movie, which released at the peak of the pandemic, was reported by Deadline to be HBO Max's most-watched Warner Brothers theatrical day-and-date title, with 5.5 million households tuning in. It was also previously reported that HBO Max is open to the idea of developing Mortal Kombat spin-off projects, and according to reports these spin-offs would explore the origins of characters that were featured in the reboot. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Arnold Schwarzenegger released a teaser poster on his social media that seems to hint that he will be playing the Greek god Zeus. I'm afraid being famous isn't the same as being a true hero. The image shows Schwarzenegger with long white hair and a beard that matches, with golden armor that looks as though it's been buffed to a mirror shine, and there's electricity flowing from his fingertips. The photo is captioned coming February 2022. It's uncertain exactly what he could be teasing, whether it's a mobile game, a movie, a television series, or of course, potentially a Super Bowl ad. In another upcoming project, it was announced that John Krasinski has cast Steve Carell for an upcoming movie titled If, which is a new project from Paramount. Fresh start. No debts, no baggage. I've already got my name picked out. Lord Rupert Everton. I'm a, uh, a shipping merchant who raises fancy dogs. That's the life. Krasinski is writing, directing, and starring in the film, and joining him will be Steve Carell, Lou Gossett Jr., Ryan Reynolds, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Fiona Shaw, Alan Kim, and Kaylee Fleming. The film is based on an original idea from Krasinski, revolving around a child's journey to rediscover their imagination. The film is scheduled for a November 17, 2023 release, just in time for American Thanksgiving. Shifting gears to the rumor mill, The Hollywood Reporter is saying that Jason Momoa is in final negotiations to join the Fast family for another off-road adventure into the unknown. As of right now, the details for the plot of Fast and Furious 10 are unknown, though it is expected that Jason Momoa would be playing the villain. Justin Lin is directing the film with Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese Gibson, Ludacris, Sung Kang, all confirmed to be returning. Also expected to return is Charlize Theron as the villain Cypher. Another film that's being rumored right now is Hellboy 3, starring Ron Perlman. Yeah, I read you, Blue, but I'm watching Sherlock at work. I'll get back to you. During a conversation with The Independent, Ron Perlman admitted that he's not getting any younger, but he still wants to give fans the epic conclusion that they deserve. He said, quote, Am I eager to do Hellboy 3? No, I'm 71 f***ing years old, but we owe this to the fans and we should give it to them because it would be an epic conclusion. So Guillermo, if you're reading, I'm not done pounding you to get this f***ing thing done. Ron Perlman had previously said that he would not participate in a Hellboy film unless Guillermo del Toro was involved. Another sequel that's seemingly making the rounds right now is Mystery 
Iron Man 2. During an interview with ComicBook.com, Ben Stiller was asked if he would be interested in reprising his role as Mr. Furious in the sequel. The actor admitted that he had never really considered the idea, but said that he would return, saying, quote, this is the first I'm hearing of it, but sure, I'm all for it. I had fun doing it. Yeah, it would be a blast. It was a really, really fun cast, and there's still some rage and fury inside me somewhere, I think. Mystery Men followed a team of lesser superheroes with impressive powers who were required to save the day. In addition to Stiller, the film also starred Hank Azaria, William H. Macy, Greg Kinnear, Janine Garofalo, Paul Rubens, Kel Mitchell, Wes Studi, Jeffrey Rush, and more. The film had generally positive reviews, sitting at 61% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, but it didn't do as well at the box office. The film only made $29.7 million at the domestic box, while having a $68 million budget, thus making it a box office bomb. Some things over at Disney are not going well with their live-action remakes. Actor Peter Dinklage was recently interviewed on Mark Maron's WTF podcast, where he addressed the Snow White live-action remake by saying that it made no sense about how Disney would be progressive to an extent by casting a Latina actress to play Snow White, that being West Side Story's Rachel Zegler, while ignoring the larger problem in the case of the titular dwarfs of the film. He said, quote, I was a little taken back when they were very proud to cast a Latina actress as Snow White. You're still telling the story of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Take a step back and look at what you're doing there. It makes no sense to me. You're progressive in one way and you're still making that f***ing backwards story about seven dwarves living in a cave together. What the f*** are you doing, man? Have I done nothing to advance the cause from my soapbox? I guess I'm not loud enough. He went on to add that I don't know which studio that is, but they were so proud of it. All love and respect to the actress and all the people who thought they were doing the right thing, but I'm like, what are you doing? The comments immediately made headlines and Disney seemingly responded. They said, quote, to avoid reinforcing stereotypes from the original animated film, we are taking different approach with seven characters and have been consulting with members of the dwarfism community. We look forward to sharing more as the film heads into production after a lengthy developmental period. With Rachel Zegler starring as Snow White, it was also announced that Gal Gadot will be co-starring as the Evil Queen. Mark Webb is directing, while Benj Pasek and Justin Paul wrote the screenplay. Another piece of news that came out regarding a Disney property is that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is likely the last time that people will see this team of the Guardians. While speaking on Dead Deadline's Hero Nation podcast, James Gunn said that the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy sequel is the end for us. Of course, that does not mean the end of the Guardians of the Galaxy, just this combination of characters. He went on to tease that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is so big and dark that it will be different from what people might be expecting it to be. He went on to say, quote, I'm aware that the third film in most trilogies sucks. Not always. I just want it to be true to the characters, the story, and give people the wrap-up they deserve for the story. It's always a little bit scary. I'm doing my best. Guardians of the Galaxy Galaxy Volume 3 will of course feature the return of Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Karen Gillan, Dave Batista and Palm Clementif, with Vin Diesel and Bradley Cooper adding voices. Will Poulter will be playing Adam Warlock, who was first teased in one of the post-credit scenes in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Peacemaker star Chukwudi Iwuji has also joined the cast as an extremely powerful and complex character who is currently being kept under wraps. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will hit theaters on May 5th of 2023. Over at Netflix, a trailer was released for the second season of Space Force, which stars Steve Carell as Mark Naird, a four-star general and decorated pilot with dreams of running the Air Force, who is thrown for a loop with his new directive of establishing the sixth branch of the United States Armed Forces, the Space Force. General Naird, it's been suggested that you are unstable, incompetent, fragile, eccentric, indecisive, and potentially treasonous. When you point a finger... You have three fingers pointed back at you and your thumb 
stands erect, pointed towards the sky. I would like to hear a Space Force spirit on three. One, two, three. Space, Space Force, Force spirit. spirit. Ah. The first season of Space Force didn't receive the best reviews, but the show was still renewed for a second season. It sounds like the second season will be somewhat different, and while speaking with Collider, Space Force co-creator Greg Daniels said that they've put a larger focus on comedy and improvisation amongst the cast. He said, quote, While I think the big picture is that we are concentrating on the gags more, it is more about the comedy scenes between the cast. I think the stories are more personal and they're interesting, but I don't think the point of the show so much is like a highly arced thing. You know what I mean? It's kind of like each episode is a fun adventure with this cast, and there's a loose structure to it. He did go on to say that the story will have a larger arc, saying, quote, I guess the big structure this year is that with the new administration, the Space Force is much more underdogs because people are super skeptical of them in the new administration. We have a guest star, Tim Meadows, who's the new Secretary of Defense, and he's making it hard for the guys at Space Force, so that's the overall theme. All seven episodes of Space Force Season 2 will debut on Netflix on February 18th of 2022. Netflix's live-action Masters of the Universe movie is also underway after casting Kyle Allen in the lead role. The Knee brothers are the directors for the film, which hopes to move into production this summer. Aaron and Adam Knee wrote the screenplay alongside David Callaham, who wrote Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Allen will star as He-Man in the film, aka Prince Adam, who is the heir to the throne of the planet Eternia. Thanks to his magical power sword, Prince Adam can transform into He-Man to defend his kingdom and castle Grayskull from the evil sorcerer Skeleton and his band of minions. Netflix currently plays home to two successful animated series based on the property, Masters of the Universe Revelation and He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Each has been embraced by fans in their targeted demographic, with He-Man and the Masters of the Universe set to launch a second season. And then one more thing Netflix did was announce that actor John Larroquette will return to his roots acting as a narrator in the upcoming Netflix movie. The movie is currently set to hit the streaming service on February 18th. Larroquette's first acting credit was the narration to the 1974 film The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Director David Blue Garcia confirmed that this is happening by saying, quote, it felt important to honor the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre at every opportunity. John's voice is iconic in the original opening, and we thought it would help set the perfect tone in our own intro. It's also a subtle way of letting the fans know they're in good hands. You're so dark! These are not from the DC universe! Over in the land of DC, Deadline is reporting that Flash series star Grant Gustin is close close to finalizing a new contract to reprise his role of Barry Allen, The Flash, almost confirming that The Flash Season 9 will be confirmed as well. As Arrow ended up calling it quits after eight seasons, there was potential that The Flash would follow suit. Season 9 is expected to be the final season in the show, with Grant Gustin, who is currently making more than $200,000 an episode, getting a sizable raise. With the success of James Gunn's Peacemaker TV series, the director has hinted that more could be on the way. He said, quote, We're working on something else now, another TV show that's connected to that universe. I can't quite say. And when being pressed if we would see a second season of Peacemaker starring John Cena as the helmet-headed anti-hero, James Gunn said, quote, There's a really good chance of that. We're on the biggest show in the world right now. Sources indicate that the ideas for another Suicide Squad spin-off are in the early stages of development. Well, it has been said that the second spin-off off would revolve around a character featured in Gunn's Suicide Squad, the identity is yet to be revealed. Another streaming service that doesn't seem to be faring too well is the streaming service Peacock. According to Variety, 
Comcast, who owns Peacock, reported its Q4 earnings this week, and the numbers are not promising. Even though they have 9 million subscribers for their paid service and revenue sharing reaching $778 million, they spent almost $1.5 billion on streaming content, among other costs. By the end of all of that, their loss doubled from 2020 to $1.7 billion. The current plan to get out of the red is to double down on spending on their original content and focus on expanding their paid subscribers while enticing new ones to the service. Over the next few years, NBC Universal and Comcast are going to spend $5 billion a year on original content. Their biggest series right now is the true crime series Dr. Death, while doing some day and date theatrical streaming releases with the sequel to Boss Baby and Halloween Kills. And even though they say these endeavors were successful, they didn't really release hard numbers to back that up. Soon they will be releasing the Jennifer Lopez Owen Wilson romantic comedy Marry Me, and they do have the Save by the Bell sequel series now that in second season and the upcoming Bel Air with the dramatic spin on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Disney Plus announced that Josh DeMall will step into the role Emilio Estevez left in the upcoming Mighty Ducks Game Changers Season 2. Josh Dumal will be playing Gavin Cole, a former NHL player turned coach, described as an inspirational, charming, and hardcore. Cole runs the Super Intense Summer Hockey Institute, where the Mighty Ducks land for the second season, and is a big believer in the hockey metaphor that applies to life. Angie Mayhew, wife of the late Peter Mayhew, who played Chewbacca in the Star Wars franchise has welcomed Carrie Jones, who plays Kersantin in the Book of Boba Fett, to the Wookiee family. She said, quote, warmest Wookiee welcome to Carrie Jones, who is playing the fierce black Kersantin in the Book of Boba Fett. You have some giant shoes to fill. Welcome to the Wookiee family. Peter would have loved seeing a Wookiee truly unleashed. Despite being alluded to in the original franchise, Peter Mayhew, who had passed away in 2019, never got to rip off any arms during his time in the furry suit. It's because a droid don't pull people's arms out of their sockets when they lose. Wookiees are known to do that. And finally, we end with a teaser for a series I'm all too excited about. Released during the halftime of the AFC Championship game, the first official trailer for the upcoming Halo TV series was released. Humans surrender to the Covenant. Cortana, I'm going to need you now. Find the halo. Win the war. The series stars Pablo Schreiber as Master Chief, Earth's most advanced warrior in the 26th century, and the only hope of salvation for a civilization pushed to the brink of destruction by the Covenant, an unstoppable alliance of alien worlds committed to the destruction of humanity. The series is said to weave deeply drawn personal stories with action, adventure, and a richly imagined vision of the future. It's executive produced by showrunners Kyle Killen and Stephen Kane, along with Daryl Frank and Justin Falvey. That's it for this episode of Talking Movies. Follow me on social media at Talking Movies PC and download full-length episodes on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And as always, folks will pay good money just to make themselves feel better. Yeah.